This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hi, this is our special contribution to Good For Her. I'm Brooke Solomon. I'm Jordan Gustafson. And together we are The Queer Quadrant, which is a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, usually examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. Is this a four-quadrant blockbuster? Now, it's not four-quadrant. Is it a blockbuster? I would argue that it is blockbuster-styled. You and I could say? I think it's a ball blower a ball buster it's definitely a ball buster <laughs> um a stomach gusher today we are talking about Coralie farjaz 2017 directorial debut insane revenge revenge in french revenge in english do you know what's cool what is getting revenge do you know what's cooler getting revenge while covered in blood do you know what's even cooler what when a movie uses so much fake blood that they literally have to keep buying it because they almost run out. They I have think to, that's a they, flex. They had to fly it in from Paris to where they were filming because- They were in Morocco, right? The Yes. The region literally did not have- Fake blood? Any fake blood. You know, maybe they could have just started going with real blood. I think that would have been fine. You know, I feel like, you know- <laughs> Just open oops, up a vein. There goes a finger. See what oh happens. Oh my God. Looks like we have to do some different work here. <laughs> it is truly crazy to me that this is a debut. Like- I mean, she's done like obviously some other work, right? Yeah. yeah so so she, some shorts. She had some shorts. Yeah. But it's just, it's very, it's a very non-traditional no. First feature. It's uh, confident as fuck. It's awesome. The scope and the scale, even yeah. though it's an extremely limited cast, I think are incredible. You know, I'll spoil it right off the top. I oh. love this movie and I basically what a shock. have nothing bad to say about it. So. I'm coming in. I hate this movie. I have only bad things <laughs> to say. You better not. I despise. No, uh, this movie fucking whips. It whips. It's so good. <laughs> no, I love this movie. I am super excited to like dig into it because I don't know, like we obviously both watched it, but I don't know, like we, we like never really talk, talk about it. Have we? No. I don't think we have. So I don't quite remember how this movie originally popped up on my radar. I think it was, I think it was when I was getting interested in Letterboxd Mm, and like. That checks out. Because. Letterboxd, I think, elevated the viewership of this movie a little bit. For sure. Um, because at its widest, it was released on 37 screens in the United States. That's, um, a, that's a four-quadrant blockbuster, yeah. if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think I was just like, I got to see this movie. Yeah. I know I'm never going to see this movie until someone buys it a year and a half from now, but I got to see it. And a mutual friend of ours came in hot with Ooh. a screener link, a link? Ooh, for me. Baby. And I will remember it forever because I went home and I... Put it on my little computer and I watched watched it it on your little screen and it changed my life. And I feel like kind of we must have watched it around the same time. I like literally. Okay. You know what? The link was going to expire. I think I was. I forgot how (laughs) I watched it for the first time. So I was kind of hoping that you were going to be like, this is how I did it. Oh, I remember. I was going to be like, you know what? That's exactly how I did it. I think I went home and I watched it and I was like, Jordan, 
you got to watch this thing. Yes. It's yes. so good. Okay, so Brooke Solomon on the uh, letterboxd.com logged this movie on June 12th, 2018, and then yep. July 18th, 2021. We love to see a double I, view for you. That is, I have seen this movie many more times than that. Jordan Gustafson, me, watched this on July 18th, 2018, and then September 2018, oh, sorry, September 21st, 2018. Oh, you watched it again? I can't watch it twice. Kind of a fucking loser. I think I watch. I like. I have watched this movie probably five times. That rules. Of course. I mean, it's. I'm just bad about one like forty seven, right? One forty two, maybe. But yep. it goes by so quick, and it's it's sequenced. Oh, perfectly, immaculately. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the first act is a little rough mm. to get through, but once you're through that, it's it's, it's awesome. It's easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> I mean, I, was I don't a, know about that. She starts as an easy breezy, beautiful cover girl and uh, devolves into a phoenix rising from the ashes. I mean, like, I still think that that's one of the coolest the sequences cool- that I've ever <laughs> There is an incredible letterbox review that has, thank God, the beer can that she had had a cool logo. Yeah, right. I was just imagining if Coors Light Boy, or like, light. The, uh, like a fucking... What are some dumb logos like the Rolling Rock logo? I was going to say, what's on Rolling Rock? Yeah, a Corona like, logo. That'd be kind of cool. Um, Vin Diesel immediately <laughs> inducts her into the family. Family um, driving through the desert. Okay, so I mean, this is a, I would say an under, probably an underseen film. Although if you're like cool and hip and you're in yeah. the film community, you probably know about this film because I feel like it is so commercial for an indie even though it's obviously very bloody and very violent like it's just kind of like it it rocks i think a lot of eyes got on it yeah i think it is like sort of even though it had like such a limited release i think the you know festival to shutter combo is really successful like i feel like a lot of horror movies do get seen on shutter Mm -hmm. if you literally just go on to shutter it's like one of the three lo- like pictures. It's her, oh, yeah. Nick Cage, and Mandy. And then I forget what the third one is, but it's like up front up and there center. With the yeah. So I think, you know, that makes it accessible for people. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't love a revenge movie? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't. I do. And especially though. this kind of rape revenge movie is kind of difficult to get through. Right. But- and it's also, we have to say, like kind of the ultimate good for her movie. Yes. Very. Yeah. Olivia, good for her. Good, she looks it, happy good and healthy. For her. Like, yeah. <laughs> she, she, certainly, she did it. She did that. She did that. Except, Left no crumbs. Understood the assignment. Okay, now we can't do any more of those. Um, are, you, are you out? I, do you have anything no, else? No. Anymore? Done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, and I pose this question to you, I feel like it sort of subverts the good for her trope in a way that it like it it's obviously good for her but it doesn't feel in a way that's like cloying or like undeserved like you fully are so on board with her getting the revenge on these men and it doesn't feel you know like it's like kind of hacky or anything like it's so to use the term that you're avoiding i would not describe this as a girl boss movie I, you know, I didn't want to gatekeep because it's really or or gaslight Absolutely because not. there is like some gnarly shit in this movie, and I think like to me that is the type of revenge movie, especially like this is considered to be a rape revenge movie. Yeah. I have seen a lot of critics argue that it's not; it's a survival movie, mm. which is also true that, yes. um and uh you know that's a very it's a very delicate genre 
you can argue about the merits of it all day long. I think it very much depends on who is telling the story and like what's being uplifted. Yes. And it's never going to be the same conversation around the same around two two movies. You know what no. I mean? Like every movie is a little different when it comes to that. But this is a tricky genre that does usually involve some sense of like confronting what has happened to you as a woman. Except in this movie, she just kills everybody. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, there's no sense Rules. of the fact that she's doing the wrong thing. She just kills everybody and then it ends. Yes. And that's why I like and it. It's great. Yeah. I think that it does, you know, at the same time as you were saying, if this was in the hands of someone else, I don't think that it would work as well. I think you ultimately need Coralie's vision and style. And I think that she's able to weaponize the female gaze and or male gaze yes. and subverts it in such an interesting way because the camera's obviously very leering and like, you know, sexualizes Matilda Lutz's body, but it's done in a way clearly through Coralie's lens and it's done in a way where you the audience know that you are supposed to be looking at this because the men are looking at it this way but at the same time it's causing you to feel like discomfort and like you know it's yes, not exactly. done in a way that's like look how hot she is it's look how hot she is because of x y and z you feel it really is like the male gaze as like character and yeah, not yes, yes, like yes. through the lens like not through the om omniscient lens yeah. of the filmmaker and i what i like is that like she continues to be sexualized but like in a positive i use that as like a positive term in this instance mm. throughout yeah. the movie because after she is covered in dust and blood and mud and is like stripped down to a bra and yeah. underwear like it's it's very cool because it is this very kind of like traditionally feminine image, but she's got a beer can right. burned, burned into her stomach her. Yeah. and she's toning a shotgun and she's bloody. And like that, it's still these kind of like, but look at how, look at how much like we should see her as an ideal. Right. Works really well. And I think it is audacious in a way, which is why it works so well. Like there is certainly, I think, an aspect of like, oh shit i can't believe the movie mm. is doing that to this which makes it better because it like it does have i think like the bite and like you said it doesn't feel good for her cloying the way that a lot of these yeah. could like it's just it knows what it is and it doesn't stray from that no 100 percent. and i think that you know it has like a lot of similarities if you're looking at like the final because it is like a fi very final girl without any other people that it would be cut down to you know what i mean because she right. ends up like taking the form of like a ripley or a sarah connor yeah as you were even like with like the, the shotgun and the cool outfit and everything like that the iconic like look and look like, yeah but the it's pink earring exactly yeah. and it's done in such a smart way to show like clear growth though i feel like throughout like you know i think the color language throughout the movie is maybe my favorite part of it because you it start off stunning right you see it's like these pinks and blues and very like candy coating she starts off with a lollipop so it's this very like hyper color hyper pop hyper sexualized opening right, right. and just as you go and go and she you know faces more and more obstacles you get these browns in the blood and her blonde hair turns to brown like bloody muck yeah. and she is covered and the tones go down until you get to the ending to then where it kind of coalesces everything where you have the candy coated facing the bloody world and how yes. it's like the contrast between the two 
It's very fucking cool. It's so cool. And you still have her one pink earring. Exactly. Like, in the middle of it all. Yeah. It just, it, there's such, I think, like a command of visual language. Yes. And it uses that sort of, like you said, that super hyper pop candy color. Oh, it's a movie about girls and yeah. women and being a girl um, in a really interesting way. And yeah, you know, like basically everything in this movie, it doesn't feel the need to throw that away once the movie gets serious it doesn't use it as a facade just the way that it doesn't use the fact that she is like a hot blonde white petite like girl it doesn't doesn't feel like it needs to necessarily get rid of that it it still stays like even though she does transform in a certain way it's not like okay well she has to level up and become something different like she does look like two wholly different people yeah, though after it, she like true. rises from the ashes it's kind of crazy like yeah. you look at what the actress like matilda looks like and you then look at what she starts as and ends as and even then the actress you're like this is i'm looking at three people here this yeah. is not one person i know i wish that i had seen her in i wish i had seen her in more stuff like she should be in more stuff yeah she she does like act in random things but they're kind of medici masters of florence yes <laughs> she's in something called zone 414 sure um which i think it's adjacent to a uh, district nine yeah in mm-hmm. case you couldn't tell i thought it was on netflix for some reason yeah i think it's on netflix is that medici on netflix too probably i think so and then she was in like rings i think i saw yeah but like ultimately like you look at this movie and you're like well she should have had a bigger career yeah or should have like launched into more horror so she's it's a italian well she's italian american so i don't know maybe she is more interested in doing international like international cinema appeal. but mm-hmm. it's not like we were just citing her american stuff like right she just hasn't done that much but anyway i would love to see her in more i think that she has such a command of the screen she's obviously very stunning looking and like yeah. i think that she has barely no everyone has barely any lines in this film but like especially her she probably has what a dozen lines of dialogue and they all stop after minute 26 yeah yeah she does not say anything else for the rest of the movie which is i think works in the movie's benefit like if this movie had a lot of dialogue it would get bogged down in it and i think like honestly once everything gets going and there are scenes of dialogue with the men like it does not like it slows down or it detracts or anything but you do feel the momentum sort of slow and yeah. this could be a movie that while it's 147 i'm like i could see a 120 version of this with mm-hmm. no dialogue it wouldn't be better or anything but it's just such a hyper visual movie that there's a world in which like a cut like that exists yeah probably you could cut out like a bunch of kind of like there where do we go what do we do what right. is she after i do like it because it really feels like she because they're big game hunters so exactly. it really feels like She's what are stalking they hunting them? though out there? You know, it's kind I, of a the barren desert, desert with no animals. No idea. I want to say like falcons, vultures. I want. I don't know why I thought about like big cats, mm, like elephants, mountain lions. You know what? Let's find. So what is in? Are they supposed to be in game Morocco? In <laughs> Morocco, I believe they. I mean, I don't know. They filmed there. Let's see. What I have here is <laughs> this is bo- very important. Boars. Oh. Lions, deer. It looks like a lot of boars. Boar on the floors. Hmm. So maybe succession. I don't know. Boar sounds, sounds correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Either way, fuck the men for not only being hunters, but for being terrible. But Yeah. Yeah. But they got, they had it coming. The they casting had it coming, Jordan. Is truly immaculate because yeah. she gives you a spread of three men and all of the men are such a hyper specific 
type of man and gives you uh, you get their misogyny and inherent sexism in the way that they think they can take control of her body and take it away from her and right. you understand the way in which each works and like the violence and masculinity within them. Yeah. So just like from one glance, you can tell, which is so impressive. And I think like there's something like very specific about being in a even I mean, it's true, I think like regardless of gender, but being in a male friend group where one of your friends is super hot Mm. and the rest of you are not hot but so there's a sense of like equal or not so equal opportunity i think especially when it comes to like the scene in act one where she's dancing for everybody and it's like who is allowed to take part in this who's allowed to really like leer at her right in this way is there the sense of like oh that's my property right exactly well i think that he does that it's like he knows that she is like his right his also shit only happens once he leaves well yes but also like he we haven't even said is a married man a despicable married man with a kid she's his mistress yeah and he has like a sense of ownership over her and especially at the end when he or after she is raped um he offers to basically like buy her out but I feel like what's interesting is when she offers to dance with him, he says like no, and he's just kind of like enjoys watching while she dances with her friend or right. his friend. Yeah. And that causes that friend to be like, Oh, you clearly were so attracted to me. Why do you not like me? What do you not like about me? And it's like none of that was actually real for you. You are just completely misinterpreting an entire situation wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the way that sort of how she is wronged plays out is so smart because it shows that there are many steps to like how bad the situation becomes. There's the actual assault, which we won't dwell too much on. And then there's like the enabling of it by one of the friends. And then there's the rejection when her lover comes home and is basically like, okay. Right. Um, And then there's like the idea that they're fully willing to kill her. Yes. And I then, mean, yeah. quote unquote, succeed right. in doing Pushing so. her off a cliff. And that was the plan. That's yes. the plan. Yes. Um, and I think it's so funny then how after that they react so different individually, specifically the man who did the assaulting, then becoming so nervous about her coming back and right. like being nervous about the whole plan when yeah. he was completely fine actually assaulting her. Yep. Which is despicable. You made your bed. Lying it, bitch. I do <laughs> think, though, just to get, I think we just say it and get out of there. I think that the way in which they she uh, Corley shoots the assault is extremely well done where you don't actually ever see it. It's all done with like sound other than like yes. quick cuts to like her face, but you never see anything gratuitous or that feels like exploitative in a way. Yes. And especially for a rape revenge movie that all that is like exploitative, it's you don't actually get the thing that would make you upset. Yeah. Which is clearly done by a woman. Yes, yes. And I it's because like I think a huge part of that is that there's this interview for moviemaker.com where Coralie talks about sort of like that doing it that way. Mm. And she says, um, my intention was to make a revenge movie more than rape and revenge. My inspirations were much closer to revenge movies like Kill Bill, Rambo, Mad Max, where it's more about the birth of a hero who is at first a victim and is going to grow throughout the film. That makes sense. It makes sense that like you want to 
sort of, and I think like that I think is why rape revenge movies as a greater genre are such a, a conversation because it's like, okay, well, there's a sense of like, it has to be bad, quote unquote, bad enough that we, the audience want to see this person then get revenge and like the appropriateness of the situation. Um, and so I think the way that the assault is shot in this movie makes sense for the fact that it is just like a straight up revenge movie because it's like you understand the gist of what happened, but it's not about making you feel like there needs to be a one-to-one ratio between what happened and what people are going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there is nothing better though than seeing that revenge executed. Oh, it's the best. That's the best part. But yeah. I think like the there is when these movies are more grounded in reality, yeah. um, there's so much more of an idea of like, well, what can we do and still have the protagonist be sympathetic right. or be likable, even in something that is like very kind of like down and dirty, like I spit on your grave or MFA or stuff like that. Like, yeah. I think that revenge is in a league of its own because it just throws that all out the Not window, the window yes. when they kill her yes well that's the best part of it is by playing with like the fantastical elements i think that's what makes and elevates this movie so much and i think like all of the influences that she said right you see on screen play out because those are all movies and existing in a world that do feel elevated and you even look at the score where it has like this techno pulsating feel to it and especially there's that night driving shot where the guy's the motorcycle and he almost looks like he's kind of in like a sci-fi world across the desert i love that shot of the motorcycle where it's just kind of like mounted on the handlebars basically and it looks like it's in a studio but in the best way yes yes it's very tron and it's you know with that you know all of this like builds into this world and like despite even if she didn't you know die and like come back to life and have the whole phoenix and the ashes thing i think it would still have a heightened element to it that works instead of being this ultra violent ultra grounded revenge movie yeah i mean the it's the perfect balance of playing with the heightened elements and the style and like we said the color is so vibrant and the sequences like everything just works out a little bit better than you would expect it to but the fact that in the final sequence this guy is running around with like essentially like half of his side shot off doing that, fine. my man would be dead right that yes. she patches like her literal like intestines Wounds. back together yes. with um, a beer can yeah and i think she's what she running she's running around barefoot the whole movie a while yeah, pretty, yeah does she ever get shoes on? i think she gets shoes at some point but then the shoes are off in the finale right? yeah yeah i think so now I can't remember. I, I know. But I mean, speaking of feet, there's like the the incredible like glass pulling sequence. Oh my God. That looks like a vagina. Yeah, definitely. It definitely has to be an element of it. I, I apparently that was the thing that everyone wanted cut or at least like pared down because they're like, it goes on forever. It's like it so squirm inducing. It and does. It's like, yeah, I wanted to point. like puke watching it. It <laughs> was awful. It was an awful experience in the best way because it keeps when, going. Whenever I show this to people, I always warn them. I'm you like, okay, show this look, to look people. Away if this is not, I showed this to your my parents. lovely boyfriend Evan. Okay, well, really, it was his fault because he got me this on Blu-ray and a Blu-ray player specifically to play this because he could only find it on Blu-ray. It's <laughs> so funny, so cute. He yeah. got it for me for Christmas one year, and I was like, well, okay, now we, well, now we gotta watch it. He made it through alive. I'm shocked. But this is, he, he, violence is not really his type of thing on screen. 
So that's rough. <laughs> it's rough uh, when you uh, are in a relationship with me. I would say who, who watches loves this violence relentlessly. <laughs> You're like, oh, I haven't watched Revenge in a month. Um, mm, would you mind if I watched it again? Time to keep it up again. Um, yes. That's, well, is, was that the hardest scene to get through? You think? Mm, yes, I think that the first time I, was, I watched it, I was really clenched up about the assault scene just because i didn't know what to expect i just yeah. knew that like no of course there was going to be one um the glass really shook me the uh the i mean the guy's like face is shaking yeah and he is just <laughs> digging that fucking finger into his vagina foot and is trying to pull this glass out and he pulls it out and it is the not the biggest piece but what's i think that's what's upsetting is you expect a huge piece of glass or a really small and it's like a little too small but not too too small you know what i mean it's, it's like, like a it's, weird it's size where you're like like it is that's exactly why it gets under you because you're like i could see myself yeah. breaking a glass and then doing that you know <laughs> don't 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 speak it into what existence. if it was like a lego in there and he's like oh i gotta get this out okay i listen you want to pull legos out of your foot by all means i had to pull legos <laughs> out of my toes before you know, Ew, okay that deep all right over this conversation People is finished love this um i want to go through sequence by sequence actually and like we said this is kind of an underseen film so i think we should talk about sure. what happens because yes. there's so many good little moments yeah and yeah you know also i guess we haven't talked about it yet but usually we run a podcast called the queer quadrant where we talk about queer movies blockbuster cinema um i would not say that this is a particularly queer film I would not say so either. However, I don't think it's like not not anti queer. <laughs> I think like if anything, it's talking about sexuality and like gender in a way that's always interesting and yes. like inherently like there are ways to tie that back to queerness and like toxicity is rooted in right. queerness yes. basically exclusively when you like get down to the bone of it. I feel like whether that's like a fear of that some element of homophobia, right? I mean, um, you can talk about like maybe like the within the male friend group there is inherent homophobia and or like queer attraction specifically maybe from the third friend who eats the thing <laughs> the worst one yeah when you get um, the extreme close-up my god that's yeah, actually the scariest the, shot like, of the caramel movie. getting pulled between his teeth it's Ugh. really good i know yeah. I was, what's it called like a turtle those like little like caramel yeah, and where nut it's caramel and chocolate, chocolate. It's yeah like a milky way snickers looking bar but it's like they're yeah like the caramel is Pulling. really yeah i love that shot though the sound design in this movie oh it's Great. so good when the blood fucking drops on the ground to, <laughs> yeah. to the ant and it sounds like a gun going off or like yes. a bomb oh i love it shit rules rules and Anyways, like all yeah. the sound design when she in the cave sequence where there's like eagles screeching she's fucking and... tripping balls yes from frog <laughs> yes so good this is such a minimal movie and so every single sort of prop or something that's yeah. brought up is either a metaphor or becomes like actually helpful to jen Her, yeah matilda let's like the mushrooms yes <laughs> um and i mean the the granny smith apple in act one i feel Incredible like is so good payoff, how it yes. just cuts to like really dead apple dead apple Ugh perfect fruit gone to spoil when mm. someone touches it garden of eden mm -hmm. what is this forbidden 2021 two <laughs> jesus what year is it timely reference um and uh that there's an ant crawling over the apple and like all this good shit no, oh, that's great so good and you could like 
I was really trying to tell what was CG and what was not, and I don't know if that was a real answer or not, but it feels pretty seamless. Like, it, nothing really sticks out that much. Yeah, I don't know. Which is nice, because, I mean, it feels like she would be a practical filmmaker, and knowing some stuff, she is a very practical filmmaker, mm-hmm. so I bet that those were, like, Wranglers and things like that. Yeah, Ant Wrangler. We got to look job. for Aunt, Aunt Wrangler in the credits mm. just to make sure. That's going to be, you know, I'm going to quit the podcasting game and go into the Aunt Wrangling game. I Excellent. think this is a very viable career for me. Great. I'd uh, love to see it. So it opens. So we open with this very like Lolita-esque looking Extremely. shot of a guy in beautiful mirrored sunglasses and really hot girl looking a lollipop next to him Classic. <laughs> in a helicopter as we do as we all do um she is jen the character of jen played by matilda Letts, is american in this movie but all the men are french yes french oui, oui. or french american i don't know it's Adjacent. not really yeah. it's perfect i like that it's set in just this kind of like isolated location in a different country because it's yes. like i don't know levels Language the playing international field. it like kind of just feels like this is just who they are and yeah. you just like you don't really care where yeah. anyone's from you just yeah. know that she like wants to go to la and like be, she a, wants star. To be a star and right. it's all about this power dynamic but like between the four of them once they yeah. get out into the middle of fucking nowhere anyway just like a classic annual hunting trip weekend and this we do beautiful like villa home in the fucking middle of the desert but there's a pool it looks very nice it'd be so hard to get groceries out there (laughs) gotta fly them on the helicopter that's what i was thinking of. that's what they do they like that's i know they gotta fly them in gotta fly in or he was like well he drove to town right and because that's why he's gone for so long and he's like oh that's why he won't be back until morning Mm -hmm. or afternoon or whatever (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah but the idea is that like you can't get in and out because they have a car and the motorcycles, which yes. then are all the uh, ATVs oh, as well. Oh, I'm so sorry. The ATVs. They have an ATV, a motorcycle, and a car. I'm, we, please the forgive me. Spread. <laughs> the trifecta. So yeah, the I the first twenty. 25 minutes are a lot of like, ooh, there's three men Flipping. in a house with yeah. a really hot like 22 year old. Very interesting. Um, and we talked about the dancing scene. Mushrooms are produced at one point. You see dong hella early. Yeah, you do. There's a classic non-American movie. You see dong a whole lot. Gotta Uh, see it. The entire fucking final sequence. That's, I feel like, look, if we want to talk about like gender and what this movie is saying about gender, it's obviously a lot about like what is power, what gives you power. I think that's why I like it so much because for all of these feminist movies that are about like power is like what you make it, power comes from within. Sometimes you just want to see a girl with a fucking shotgun annihilate a bunch of dudes. Do you know what I mean? I do. I feel you. That is a particular type of power like within this cinematic language fantasy that i like um and the fact that like she's chasing down this guy through the house that he owns right while he's naked and she is like this monstrosity of like blood and gore and mud um whips i literally don't even know why i didn't mention this but i'm looking at brooke right now for our listeners painting a picture and brooke uh, on her computer has a kill bill sticker so her talking about revenge and loving revenge and blood i think Mm -hmm. i just really want you guys to believe (laughs) that she does none of this is false it's true i kill bill is one of my favorite movies i like volume two better than volume one which i think is a very hot take but i don't know maybe it's not as hot of a take anymore i haven't seen those in like 10 years they are so good the uh i remember i showed 
the clip from Kill Bill Volume 1 where she pulls the guy's eyeball out and it goes to black and white in my... uh, one of my freshman year college classes because oh. I wrote I wrote a paper on Kill Bill, um, of course, yes, and like all like the cinematic like uses of Language it and the inspirations and stuff, like yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I remember spending having to spend like ten minutes being like, okay, this is kind of like what happens in the film. I don't know if you guys are like squeamish or whatever. And eventually they were like, Brooke, just play the fucking clip. Oh my god! And I played it, and someone was like, wow, that was gross. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it rocks. But I like Volume Two better because it's <laughs> a western. Uh, okay, there it is. I have. Have a follow-up question yes. which is the one doesn't someone's like top of their head get sliced off yeah that's volume one and it's lucy lou that's what i thought okay yeah that's my yeah. favorite scene and sequence yeah i mean yeah. that the, the, the rules i feel like the lucy lou section of kill bill volume one yeah, is like it's the shit the iconic one right but but you like the western volume two has the epic trailer fight between her and daryl hannah right snake involved it has her being locked in the coffin buried alive and her like crawling up through the dirt yeah it's awesome kill bill is cool i love kill bill i should (laughs) rewatch i wonder how it would hold up i'm sure it would hold up great it 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 holds up really well because it is this kind of like semi grindhouse inspired like it's 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 very much in i think like i mean there's a reason that it was an inspiration for revenge. Right. It's got that same like gnarly aspect to yeah, it, it that I personally you favor because yeah. when I like to think about ugh, women in this world, women in this world, ugh, and like ugh, the horrors oh my God. that you have to experience. I don't really want to think about the fact that you have to go through like a shit ton of red tape and like bullshit if someone wrongs you, I like to think that you can just like pick up Go a up katana or a hunting rifle mm-hmm. and, you know, right. So this is why I'm done. fearful for this pod. If I ever <laughs> say something bad, <laughs> watch your back. A death on um, main. This film does contain a lot of guns, but yes. it, it does in a very, it is, it's a, this whole big hunting metaphor. Cause like they're, like we said, they're big game hunters. It's this yeah. idea of like, she's literally stalking them yes. through the desert and picking them off from the pack one by one. Yeah. So it's all like, part of the like course. a watering hole and yes. things like that. Like when the first kill is basically taking place at like a little, you know, water area, but it looks as if like, you know, somewhere where gazelles or whatever would yeah. go to drink and she like kills and then when the men find the guy he like r- comes out of the water as if he was you know murdered the evening before except he definitely does not look like he was there overnight it looks like he was there for like weeks yeah he looks but gross disgusting gross, i love it gross yeah. but really good and yeah she like hides in the water and stuff it's very like big big game yes. predator versus prey exactly. and i think the the chase sequence with the second guy this is the the glass and the foot mm-hmm. situation is like very much of that zone too she's yeah. it's it's this she's like sniping him yeah essentially she is um, yeah um, it's great. And then, of course, the roundabout fight uh, spins through and spins and the spins. house yes. is just so good. And the copious amounts of blood. So that much blood. Like every everywhere. time they go around, it's, and it's another just, like, layer. Keeps slipping in the yes. blood. It's the guy, They cut to the guy and just blood is like oozing out of I, him. He gets shot like in the side. Yes. He does you not see have his a side. guts and stuff. <laughs> it's gross. It's I gr- love it. It's gnarly. <laughs> There's the cut at the end. I know we're jumping so all over, but oh, it's, it's like okay. after the death and they like she cuts to this wide of the house with jen in the middle of it and you just see the living room and it's just like completely yes. cu- it's a the white couch yeah, is toasted yeah yeah it's oh it's like so the good. the walking i did not know i guess i i had seen the trailer 
offered this a bunch of times. Is it a good did, trailer? No. Uh, what is it? Is it a good is trailer? It's a good trailer, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Although, I feel like if you watch the movie and then you watch it, you're like, this is basically the whole movie. But, mm. like, you don't know that when you're watching the trailer. And right. it's not filled with spoilers or anything. Sure, but it's kind of like giving you the set pieces. It essentially has every set piece kind of, like, in order. Oh, my God. Like, through the sprinkled through the trailer. So, got it. Okay. Um, but avoid. it ends like the final shot of the trailer is the final shot of the film. Oh well, you God. don't have to avoid it. You've already seen the movie. You know I what have. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I had seen the trailer, but I didn't know how insane this would get. Um, and like that house at the beginning is so pristine and so like clean and modern, except for the awesome like candy colored tinted like Andy Warhol. Windows. Oh, I was thinking like the paintings in the back are kind of yeah. like Warhol-y. Yeah, but that yeah. couch is like huge and white, white. and like white floors. The furniture is white. The yes, yes, everything is very <laughs> it's very white. pristine. <laughs> oh, makes me so happy. I mean, it really the movie really begins after all of kind of like the grossness at the beginning. And I do feel like it's mercifully short. Every yes. scene feels like it is telling you vital information that you need to know. It's very like perfunctory but in a good way about yeah. like getting you to where the movie really starts which is jen being chased through the desert and then and, pushed uh, killed off a cliff yes. onto a, a tree. tree yes and impaled through the stomach yep upside down fucking like it's crazy and then they i was gonna say hannibal her. pilot style but i felt like that was oh, too on the nose bro. for me to say Brock. Listen, in the pilot of Hannibal, someone gets impaled yes. on like a rack of antlers. I mean, it fucking yeah. <laughs> the amount of antlers in that fucking show. Oh, it's the best. Whoever decided that antlers should be a metaphor for like the darkness Sexuality. inside you. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. But yeah, she is just like fully like Yeeted. spread yeah. out. Insane that she lives, but that's why it's great. Well, then she, yeah, she wakes up and I think the cool thing is she like burns the tree. Yes. With this little A little fucking, fucking lighter. lighter. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, she does not put herself as the phoenix rising from the ashes then. Yet. She is basically just like off, but she still has the tree sticking into her but see this is the this is what i really appreciate about the one of the many things that i appreciate about this movie is that she is kind of pitches like this hot kind of like flirty young american girl who just wants to go to hollywood but from the second that she realizes she's in deep shit she does not misstep once but in a way that feels like this is what you would do if you were in a situation where you can't afford to make mistakes it's not that she immediately turns into like a super cool untouchable badass but like she's smart yeah she like well the the hiding of course like when the cliffside is a great sequence where yeah. like they're coming and she like has to press herself up but you even think of the first kill and it's like she takes the gun she thinks that she'll be able to shoot him and the gun's not loaded yeah and it's like you see these mistakes and it's not like clean and like, she's trying to get the shots on the second guy and she's missing like she's not you know she's this not too killing good. machine or anything like that she's yeah. just smarter than she's dumb smart men. but like I I think like the the moment when she burns the tree she uses her iPod headphones to get right. the the lighter that's within reach. It's just like, it's these little, she she uses what she has, her chugging the beer for Amazing. sustenance and then immediately like using it to cauterize her wound. It's Great. dope. And like, she knows enough to leave the tree branch in because if you take it out, you're going to bleed you out. Bleed to death, yes. Yeah. Smart. Lit. Smart. <laughs> I would uh, be dead if I were her. I would just like to say and put it out there. Whether it would be the tree impaling the pulling the stomach out or yeah. just the general murdering i would probably just be the dead general very murder quick. Yeah. yeah you know this is this is very very much in the fiction land oh it is, is why i like it again i don't 
I prefer not to be reminded about how much it how actually awful does suck. It is to live in this world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's true. I mean, that's I think why this movie works. And I think like it's honestly it is hard sometimes watching rape revenge movies not, or hyper realistic. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're just like, I am looking to go to the movies to escape. And sometimes it's nice to not have to think about the realities of the world while thinking about them, but not in a way where you're like, I could step outside and this could happen to me immediately. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's always, there is sort of this bad faith reading that escapist cinema is like the death of like art or creativity and that, you know, escapist movies can't actually be saying significant things about the world, but obviously none of that is true. They can. And I think like you're utilizing, it's the most creative thing to like be able to utilize the form to say things, but like have it be a totally able to stand on its own at the same yeah. time it's yeah. what the cinema juices flowing that's what it's all about, that's what it's all about. thinking about other scenes yes when we move to killer number two after she shoots him i love when they're chasing each other and i like that he takes his sock off to try to stop the bleeding mm-hmm. i think as you were saying it's really fun to see how this movie uses production design and costuming to like the exactly so to see how people would react to that and like i had never ever thought of like oh right you could use like a sock or like a like how would you literally stop bleeding if you were thrown into the fucking middle of the desert what do you do yeah and i like that it's so resourceful whether mostly her Mm -hmm. but that like one bit of the sock always stood out to me because it's like right like that's smart and like how people like are thinking about Oh, the blood. How do I, you know, which way do I go right, to avoid footsteps? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I think that like the, even the brute force that the men have between like the guns and the vehicles and yeah. like how they do like can use that to their advantage. Like there is the sense of like danger. It's not just, okay, like they're fumbling and she's going right. to hunt them down. Like I love that she, she gets her um earlobe <laughs> shot off so that we just have the one, one super ear. cute plastic pink star earring dangling there. But like that is something where it's like you are up against people that can kill you. Right. I mean, at the very end when her lover, <laughs> I don't remember any of these men's Oh, names. I have no Richard. idea. Richard. Richard Dick, of course. What a dick! I mean, he's showing some dick, dick. <laughs> um, when he's like has her up against the wall. It's yeah. just like they will overpower her right. if she's not smart. smart. Which yes. is usually, I think, like how these female-driven action movies go is like usually as well. It's like if they have brawn, you have to have brains, or you have to have something else that can like that you can use and i like that but i also like the sense of like but i can match the men in brutality right a la kill bill um and this where it's like yeah but like i know that you want to kill me and i want to kill you right back like this is not about this to my advantage this is about me outsmarting you but it's also about me if i need to like wasting you yeah no, yeah. you're spot on. Because it's really, here's the thing. It's a very visual and sequence driven movie. It's not potty at all. There's, there's, it's just made up of like very good little moments. moments of filmmaking. Again, with the bandaging, one note I had here, wrapping yourself with a plastic wrap to stop the bleeding. So smart. Great. Smart. Love it. Hilarious. Also. Yes. Yes. And that's the only <laughs> You're running around with cover wrap. part of his body and the rest <laughs> yeah. of him is nude. Like, I know that they're in the middle of the desert, but wouldn't you feel mm, a little insecure just flopping around with your dick out? They're, they, the whole movie, though, is uh, that they're I like, know. it's just us, just the, just us. That would even, that would stress me out, though. I'm like, <laughs> there are people 
out there. I know there's some binoculars. Out I don't somewhere trust it. In this the desert. desert, the hills have eyes. I don't believe it, Brooke. Uh, honestly, it's really on this man for taking a shower when he knows full well that two of his best friends are dead, dead. and that his ex-lover is like literally on the hunt for him. Yep. And he's like, yeah, okay, but I, I gotta, gotta get wash cleaned off. up first. Yeah gross mistakes mistakes this is why we should all never shower yeah definitely gotta stay vigilant mm-hmm. i mean bad things happen in showers we've all seen psycho. oh of course of um course. <laughs> i there's a couple i mean there's so many great shots i think in particular i love the shot in the the round and round and round fight where he's waiting for her and like is braced with the gun and it's like just a very extremely like well composed wide shot where they're yeah. trying to see if they can catch the other one yes first. If you and then she it, just you know looks the on the ground and sees his blood. So she's like, mm, maybe I shouldn't go that way and get my head shot. Mm-hmm. Smart. Smart girl. <laughs> and like this, it's so much about eyelines and catching things and being able to, we as the audience understand what the characters are seeing and thinking without any dialogue. And like, that's right. very hard to shoot. And it's also very hard to write because you are relying a lot on the execution yeah um which is scary especially when you have something that's so action driven and i i just i appreciate that she's alone for so much of this movie and there's like no snark and there's no sense of like pump up or any of that Mm. she just kind of goes into like pure survival mode yeah um and i like it and i don't think it makes her any less relatable no i agree i think like inherently i think what's also interesting is like you know we don't get a ton of depth to her or anything like that but i think that's sort of intentional yes you know it's like she has her la dreams or whatever but ultimately like we don't have this extensive backstory or anything for her because she is such an audience surrogate like she's just a mode for expression and to be like this woman is like representing what like women Women, have gone through yes and i like that because it's like you don't need you know Oh my God, my traumatic past. Oh my God, torture, trauma. Ah, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all these movies have nowadays where it's just like, no, she is just like a woman in a situation. Yeah. And like maybe this could, wouldn't happen to you, but like it also could. And like this is how she reacts in this fantasy world. Yes. Yeah. And I think that like it, it strips away the element of needing to have sympathy for a character because of something bad that happened to them like it's not that she's quote-unquote likable or unlikable she just is who you're following like i think that because it's such a confident film it doesn't give you a choice or give you as an audience member the option to be like okay do you feel like you bought into the story like no the story's here it's happening you're in it you're gonna like it yeah yeah i didn't really think about that but it's so true uh-huh, oui, oui. yeah she just is who she is i mean really yeah. none of them have backstories aside from the fact that the main richard guy, yeah. has a family right piece of shit Fucking uh, <laughs> dick. Fucking but dick. that's all you need yeah um i just think like it's so bare bones it's so simple but it's so so effective yes i absolutely adore it yeah yeah I'm just trying to think. I'm like looking at this thing. I think the uh, just other things that noted how alien it looks at times, like the like, colors. Like Mars, kind of crazy, goes off the chain there. Yeah. 
those colors, man. It's like so it's good. the the Mad Max Fury Road tinged yeah. like super uh-huh. blue and orange uh-huh. desert. But there's also like there's her pink is like so the pink hot pink. So, yeah. The jewel tones of like when they're, you know, before they're all bloody of like the shirts and mm-hmm. like the apple is so green. Yeah. Um, it's really like electric and dialed up, and that's all like grading i just it's a beautifully beautifully graded movie yeah and i think that the way that the movie also plays with you know even if it like you're especially if you're a woman and you're stuck with like two people you don't know and like your boyfriend leaves or like goes to do something and how awkward and like the power dynamic how it immediately shifts and how it plays with those uncomfortable situations and how like she goes to her phone probably to text him and be like where the fuck are you why did you do this? And it's just men not recognizing the power in which they hold in a relationship or like what their friends might hold and like how uncomfortable that they can make them. Yeah. And I mean, this movie is constantly toying with different things and subverting the genre. Subverting or good ideas. for her. Exactly. And like how it plays with like pleasure in a way where it's yeah. like she has like such a clear grasp on like what she thinks is pleasure and what the men are interpreting it as. Mm-hmm. And that i guess we were saying is obviously like with the dance sequence where he's just like oh you're here to pleasure me versus you having fun yourself you having agency you right should do what exactly you want. like you oh you have control over your own body that's yeah. so crazy oh my god yeah and i think like on the topic of bodies and like assault based revenge tinge yeah. stuff there's always the sense of like well like how how do I feel about my body now that like it's been out of my control for a period of time? And I love kind of like it's like literal armor that she builds back up over herself yeah. made out of mud <laughs> and dirt and talk blood. about plot armor. Yeah, literally. And but that it's still this like really feminine thing. Like I yeah. think that in a way it it hits the perfect balance between let's just say feminine and non-feminine i guess you know embracing sexuality and like rejecting sexuality uh weaponizing her own sexuality and her sexuality not being a bad thing like being a sexual being isn't a bad thing at all yeah i think that's what this movie is saying is like you can be sexy you can be hot as you fucking want to be yeah and just because you are and other people think you're sexy does not like take that agency away from you yeah and having a traditionally sexy look like it's a a take on like bra and underwear basically be part of who she is without feeling like she needs to necessarily be showing it off or that it's yeah. like a, a, a attraction a part of like what this is but that just it's there and it's hers mm-hmm. and that's what it is because right. i think that like it's so difficult to have a relationship with your body where you're not thinking about other people's eyes on it, it. Exactly. or interpretation yeah. of it yes to like be able to be like I can actually have no holds barred over like how I want to display. Obviously, she doesn't really have a lot of choice, right, but right. like display how, you know, within the world of the film, how this right. character is displaying her body. Totally. Yeah. It's so cool. And I, I can't believe that it works because I would say that in general, I'm kind of a, a cynical person when it comes to that on screen, sure. just because 99 out of 100 times, I feel like I'm like, okay like enough yeah like we can just put her in a t-shirt let's get on with it right however i think that it's really weaponized to extremely moving effect Mm. in in revenge i agree yeah uh i would love to see some halloween costumes of this i feel like it's a good (laughs) halloween costume brb uh branding a beer can onto my stomach i mean i'm honestly shocked you have never been the bride her 
or Furiosa. Okay. It is truly crazy to me. I'm actually going to tell you why. Uh, it's, it's not like it's not like some big thing. The bride, I just. You think it's overdone? Well, that and I am not a blonde. I know that that doesn't really matter, but I feel like it's such an iconic look with like sure. the blonde and like the yellow. Would you like, not just yellow. throw a wig on for a night? I look terrible in wigs. I would want Let's it. Let's find you a good wig. <laughs> Maybe if we find me a really good wig. Okay. Okay. Um, that's probably why. And I feel like I'm like it's like a whole thing that I have to buy, and I then I can you. never wear it again. What? Furiosa, you never wear a yellow tracksuit again? Furiosa, kind of same thing. I'm like, but if I don't shave my head, then like, what am I even doing? We are so. Do you different know what I mean? Because I will buy a costume <laughs> and be like, I'm never gonna touch any piece of this again and i don't care. i like to fully commit like i don't cosplay but i approach my halloween costumes as a form like, of cosplay i think the two of us do because <laughs> i'm like if i if i as a person like don't line up with this character yes. like can i really do it i, I don't know you. furiosa also felt a little played out i was like i'm mm. really gonna go as furiosa i haven't seen a lot of furiosa costumes i though. guess i could do it It'd i just what am i gonna do with my hair that's the question. Bald cap, baby. <laughs> if I can Sharpie figure on. out, if I can figure out an elegant solution to make my hair kind of look like a buzz cut, mm-hmm. short of actually buzzing, buzzing it, it. Yeah. Um, I will consider it. I wonder if I got a really short haircut because I will never you could do ever buzz my hair. I yeah. always use scissors only. But <laughs> I feel like I could pull off Furiosa. I feel like you could too. Probably I'll go with Max, Max and then we. Oh, yeah. Mm. Or we Ooh, could be that where we're all the brides instead. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I would never, I w- don't want to go as like a wife from Mad right. Max Fury Road because I'm also a little, I'm just not. What if you the... went as a war boy? Oh, wait. <laughs> 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 Someone get out the white spray paint. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I have to decide what I'm doing this year. I mean, it's it's this is it is currently the summer, but it's never oh, too early to start. I planning. have a list that I'm already been, I've been. I think typing so. Away on. So we have a mutual friend. We do. Um, uh, past guest of the pod. Oh my goodness, Wyatt Muma, <gasps> who does a summerween thing every year. I'm so glad you brought this up. I love you know you know I you know I'll never oh never turn down an opportunity to talk about Halloween costumes. So he does a summer summerween party every year. You dress up for the summer in halloween but it's the summer and he usually does uh the theme is like gender swapped characters yeah, so gender like bend regardless whatever you think gender of. bend regardless yeah. of your gender you gender bend a, a character, character. So yeah. you could do like yeah you can do anything. i was harley jordan was like male harley quinn last year but like you know it was great but i was not the joker I, there's I was, a very clear distinction i know there. i was hercules from the Disney film Hercules. Um, I Honey, you mean Huncules. If if I'm here when it happens this summer, which I better be, I want to do Patrick Bateman. Ooh, um, fuck. Are you going to have like a mask and you're like, take the mask off? Like the thin no, skin? No, like, a, like a, a face a mask? Peel, yeah. No, but I am Blue feeling hiss, like a rain clear jacket. rain jacket, yeah. blood, mm-hmm, everywhere. suit, Great. like hot, like I'll go with Jared Leto. suit. <laughs> or I'll go with a head in fridge. <laughs> You don't go as Reese Witherspoon. We can make this work. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll go as the reservation. You don't get it, Dorcia. <laughs> you. Oh my God! What if you go as Dorcia, but then there's just like a giant an X. X? You just, That'd we'll be just pretty wear a funny. Sign. <laughs> anyway, stay. I guess you'll have to. Stay tuned to find. You'll out. have to yeah. follow us and Ooh, learn boy. more about us if you want to see if that actually panned out. Comes but I don't know. Maybe I would do revenge. I feel like they'd be like, "Why are you like it covered in blood? Who are you supposed to be?" And I'd be like, "I don't know if you've ever seen oh, this um, French revenge film 2017? from 2017." <laughs> Okay, so that's actually the question. Is it Revenge 2017 or 2018? Because 
depending on where what app or what website you I go know. on, it tells a different year. I know. It's I say twenty seventeen because it premiered at TIFF in twenty seventeen and like when was its release? But like it's when a festival premiere is considered like But if it has a like release. a wide but like let's say this I mean. It has like a tiff, but then it's like wide release is like the next year. I'm in the surprised summer. that they're. I'm just gonna say, I'm surprised yes. that there's so much. What is it called? I'm surprised that it differs because mm. usually it's like festival released is, is the, what yeah. the fe- is what the year like says right. on yes everywhere X place. Um, but this one so does surprised. not, which is frustrating. I know. I agree. It's because it was re- released theatrically in France in 2018. Oui, I oui. assume. So then I'm saying 2018. I always say Fuck Revenge 2017. I wonder what list it was on for me. It hmm. was on my 27. I think no, it might be on my 2018, 2018 list. It's on my I 2018 watched list. Watched yeah. it in 2018. I don't know. Now I just I just fuck around. Oh, I'm throwing anything anywhere. Who cares? <laughs> Brooke, what is life? Why why constrain <laughs> why ourselves here? to these rules? Um, yeah, anyway. Uh this movie is very good. I think it is an extremely interesting entry into the good for her genre i agree uh and i could not recommend it enough i agree i can't wait to see what Coralie does next speaking speaking of of so no spoilers i will say no spoilers industry or otherwise on this podcast but we both work in the beast known as the film industry um and the company that jordan works at is Doing something with Corley. So they're producing Corley's new movie, Mm -hmm. The Substance. It was announced. Margaret Qualley, Demi Moore. I don't know how much more I can say, but what I will say is that it rips. I am ready to go absolutely feral. I know exactly as much as you, the listeners, know about this. Like... I Tight do not know anything. Um, Jordan not is a very good employee. <laughs> um, but I literally cannot wait. I will say, let me, my guess is it'll make your top 10. That's all I'll say. That is a pretty safe bet. Yeah. I'm just going to, like, top 10, I'm pretty liberal with the top 10. You I will fucking say. throwing anything in there. <laughs> because I your feel like. Your foot cuts wide open. I feel like it's not just the top 10 of the year. It's the top 10. It's of your my heart. top 10. Do you know, like, yeah, I'm baby. not a critic. I don't feel like I have a responsibility to the outlet that no. I represent. Absolutely not. Like, the outlet just, is you. It's just me, baby. Opinions Oof. my own. Just on Letterboxd. <laughs> logging your fucking life away <laughs> yeah exactly i actually reminds me i need to log this movie um speaking of yet. logging speaking though. of logging um would you this is a game that we do on the main feed show would you like to guess the average letterbox rating i would love to guess the average letterbox brooke and you know what i think that other people in the world have good taste like us mm-hmm. i'm gonna say this has a pretty high rating but not the highest because i think some people might be a little squeamish so i'm gonna go with a three eight is that your final answer? Three seven. Is that your final answer? I'm not <laughs> three, saying six, you should. Three five. Give me a I'm, hint. No, I'm not okay, saying you should never, guess. I'm gonna. I'm just. In my heart, sure I want a three eight. Okay, no, that's that's great. But in my gut, I'll go with the three seven. So I'll say three seven. It's a three five. Most people give this should four stars. Lower. Not, not high enough that's kind of rude in my opinion me. that's fucked up and i'm gonna email letterbox hq right now <laughs> uh, i would like to put in a petition <laughs> yeah i always forget that this movie is long quote unquote long it's like an hour 50 but, but it goes by so quick. i'm so used to any 
thing genre being like a super hot 90 yeah. um but however i don't think i think it moves along very nicely well, it's like all of fucking cronenberg's filmography is yeah. like 92 minutes or less yeah exactly so uh 68 people on letterboxd have seen this movie it has 11k reviews um and i don't know it's hanging out in in some good lists it is um in including my top 10 of 2018 you know Oh, good. I love it. It's a great horror. I think it is a great good for her movie. Carly Farja is a star. I cannot wait to see more things from her. She has an episode of that Neil Gaiman comic coming out. Uh, what? Oh, the Sandman. Sandman. She did an episode of the Sandman for Netflix. Shut. So up. you'll get that okay, probably soon, isn't really it? I think like it drops soon right um eventually i don't know doesn't it have gwendolyn christie yeah it does because i saw a photo online i thought it was like oh look it's fucking gwendolyn yeah speak of another good for her yeah good for her getting some more work (laughs) she's great always love to see her hopefully we'll see more of matilda lutz eventually keep our eyes peeled but yeah for now watch revenge 2017 or 2018 it's available on shutter on the main feed show we give queer quadrant ratings the qq rating i feel like that does not apply here but it does get five out of five blood soaked <laughs> bullets <laughs> yes <laughs> through the chest there yeah. you go five out of five cute pink star earrings oh i would wear those yeah they're yeah. fun oh my god they're so cute they're so fun i would consider doing this outfit or costume specifically so that i could get some cool star earrings and like a nice cross yeah body like bullet bandolier or whatever it's nothing called. cooler uh, nothing cooler Brooke. the best so that's that i don't really know how to end this this is not our show we're just here stealing the mics so i will say if you would like to hear more from either of us or more on the queer quadrant if queer blockbusters uh mm. talking about queer blockbusters is your thing you can find us mostly Should on give twitter an example perhaps maybe yeah i mean so right now it's the summer and we are covering Vroom, vroom. We are doing Q Fast, Q Furious, an epic summer series on the films of the Fast and Furious franchise every other week with like normal other non-fast <laughs> movies. movies. I mean, they'll say they go fast, but they're definitely not furious on the alternating weeks. No. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, nothing can match like the furiousness no, of the Fast and absolutely Furious. Absolutely not. That's what we're up to right now. But I mean, we've covered a bunch of maybe iconic and non-iconic movies. Absolutely. We recently talked about Top Gun. We've talked everything from The Power of the Dog to Booksmart to Batman Forever to The Matrix um, and The Matrix Resurrections. Um, Speaking of resurrections. Speaking of resurrecting, yeah. Uh, We have a a nice deep back catalog for you to take a look at. Um, And if you want to hear more from us, you can find us mostly on Twitter. I'm a Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant. And you can find us also on Letterboxd at Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And you can find the Queer Quadrant on Spotify and on Apple. We're covering in a cave or wherever. <laughs> <On> a tree, <laughs> burning or alive. Wherever else you care to get your podcast. If you like us, drop us a rate or a reviewer or subscribe. And also, you know, feel free to tweet at us and tell us what you thought and maybe what you would like to see us cover in the future. Thank you so much to the Anatomy of a Scream pod squad for hosting and for having us on. We love you guys. And Brooke, is there anything you would like to leave these beautiful listeners with? Next time I see you, I will, in fact, have a full-sized, accurate brand of a phoenix just right across the stomach area. Hope you enjoy.
Scream Pod Squad.